music right now, the carbon footprint is higher, which is something we need to solve. And like one way to solve that is to switch data centers to like renewables. So you have like all these machines, all these servers that are streaming the music and hosting music. And these machines are on all the time and they generate a lot of heat. That's a really innovative problem. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here with new episodes of Music Growth Talks, a weekly podcast where I talk to different industry professionals and creatives to uh, give you actionable advice on growing your music careers. And uh, today's episode is with Buzz Grassmeyer who we had on this show before a few years ago, actually. I'm linking to it in the show notes, and I encourage everyone to check out uh, the show notes at datamusic.com. Look up these episodes, uh, MGD151, for links to all the resources we'll be talking about today. So please note that this conversation was recorded um, around two months ago in January, I believe I should have checked before recording this, but uh, this was uh, uh, outside of the context of the coronavirus outbreak. So uh, understand that we don't even mention it on this conversation and uh, it's it sounds interesting right now, but it sounds even more interesting to me. I was re-listening to, to, to this interview and uh, you'll see it's, it's still fully applicable and it makes you think about quite a few things in the context of uh, making music sustainable even when there is no uh, touring happening necessarily Um, and yeah i encourage everyone to go to uh, musicxcorona.com and subscribe to the daily newsletter that buzz has been running for a couple weeks now it's a daily newsletter with a collection of links Uh, to different articles, resources related to the music industry in the uh, world of the world's pandemic, how how it affects different uh, sides of the business and uh, what other musicians do, what are the new developments. There is a lot of uh, great tips uh, and uh, just interesting articles. You don't have to read everyone, but just to stay in the loop and uh, understand what's happening in the world of music, how you're fellow creators navigate the difficult times uh, so just go to musicxcrona.com once again uh, to subscribe it's a free daily newsletter and it's a great one and of course i also would encourage you to keep an eye on uh, music x green and music tech future the other uh, main newsletters um, and projects of bus which he'll talk about on this very conversation uh, and yeah so if you have any feedback uh, just go to Buzz Profiles he's active on Twitter and Instagram and just hit him up let him know that you've listened to this episode and yeah here we go uh, my interview with um, uh, with Buzz uh, at the beginning I asked him to give background to, uh, to, to what he's been up to uh, in the past few years and what's been happening with Music Tech Future Project and how he ended up launching Music X Green. Here you go, enjoy our conversation. I ended up working in a music streaming service in Russia like years ago and a leading product there. 
So actually leading the, the, the engineering team and the labor relations team and um, design and everything. And it was, it was a really cool intro to like, how does a startup work? Like all, all that methodology. But it was also an intro to having to constantly check like licensing terms on, on music stream, on music rights and what you can and cannot do as a service and what you can and cannot build for, for users. So when I left that, I felt like I was quite limited in what I could do. And I decided to just take some time and work with other types of startups that have, don't have this kind of copyright and, and content aspects to it or like licensing aspects. So I worked with a bunch of startups, and, but like I'm really passionate about music. It's like, okay, you know what? It's really interesting to see like how that works, how different startups work how conversations, like what investors look for, uh, what drives like innovation in an organization that's maybe not a startup. So I thought I, I want to bring that back to music because I, I really missed that perspective. So I started my newsletter, ooh, I don't know, four years ago, maybe, uh, called Music Tech Future. And roughly, I wanted to help artists and labels and just music companies think more like startups and help startups understand better what's going on, on on the music end of things. So I did that and then ended up joining this classical music streaming service called iDigio as product director. And for the first year that I was there, I still combined like writing a newsletter every weekend with with the work, but then like the company scaled up pretty big and didn't really have enough time. So I stopped writing. And then I think in October, I think I relaunched uh, Music Tech Future after uh, leaving iDigio. And... It's a different landscape and there are like loads of great writers. So I was kind of thinking like, what should it be about now? Like there's loads of great kind of digital marketing or digital strategy type advice. There's people like Cherry Yu, who's like really good at describing like all the developments in the, in the music and tech space. So I figured like, what do I, like I want to write, but what do I write about if this is already covered? And so I realized there's like some pretty difficult topics such as like uh, privacy, um, but also sustainability that are not consistently covered. So I, I figured um, these are all things that I'm uh, passionate about. Let's focus on like music and innovation, but also bring bring in like really difficult topics, maybe discussions of like ethics and things like that in there. So I started writing about sustainability and then I, I kept bumping into the same studies of like there's one 2007 study that uh, Julie's Bicycle participated in, which is about like the, the emissions and the footprints of music festivals in the UK. And that audience travel makes up, uh, I forgot the exact number, I think like 40% of the emissions. But I kept seeing that number everywhere. It's like, surely there must be other studies on this too. And like the only sources I could ever find were like news articles referring to the same thing. So I thought, uh, like, I, I realized... It was just difficult to kind of research the topic of music, the music industries and uh, its sustainability, even uh, with like conferences like ADE Green and stuff like that. So I figured I'm going to start building, building a bit of a database for that. So just before Christmas, I launched this thing called Music X Green, which is like a directory with uh, basically everything I could find that is related to the topic of music and sustainability. So it's like case studies and consultancy research fact sheets and things like that about how to make music less wasteful, more circular, 
uh, lower the footprints of various aspects, like from from like live events to merch production. Yeah, and try to bring all of that in one place where, where it's easy to navigate for people like me who are trying to understand what can be done and what can I do and what can we do better. Great to know what you've been up to. Thanks for that. Music is Green is uh, really interesting for uh, for anyone in the industry. It's, it's, it's quite cool. I think you're pioneering this direction because, of course, there have been studies. There are people who have been talking about uh, the the topic i just haven't seen as much information on it and uh, i didn't even have a realization of music's impact on the environment before music is green before reading your articles and uh, i'm pretty confident there are many people listening to us right now who will check out the links in the show notes and uh, may discover something important and new to them so this is an important work and it feels like it will be talked about more this year, maybe this decade. Do, do you think how much more attention have you seen uh, is you know being being um, paid to the topic of sustainability in music? It's uh, I mean it, it's really it's really cool that it's be- becoming a very serious topic with like most well let's say many uh, music associations setting up like working groups to figure out like for their members how how to be i'm just going to say greener like it doesn't really mean anything but like it might be many things it might be waste reduction more more efficient in terms of carbon emissions and things like that but it might be recycling by the way like when, when you said pioneering that's really nice but there's been like organizations that have been working on this for like 10 years or something and they've unfortunately to a large degree gone like quite under the radar and but they deserve a lot of recognition like one is uh, julie's bicycle that i already mentioned there's like something called green music initiative and there's plenty more there all on 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 the directory but like it does feel now like i kind of imagine that maybe this year in, in 2020 we'll still see conferences without any panels or discussions around sustainability by 2021 definitely not like it's becoming such a topic and people are really searching for what can we do that is better than than like right now people are trying to figure out like what can we do how can we make an impact and they don't want to just kind of have it look like greenwashing which means like imagine a large oil company spending like a million uh, euros to plant plant some trees that's like come on you, you have to do more like you're just trying to look sustainable so a lot of people want to kind of stay away from from that they want to actually do something meaningful but they're kind of trying to figure out how so i feel like especially Last year, a lot of conversations around this opened, and a lo- luckily, there's already a lot of experts in the domain, and they're they're all kind of quite busy working with with these organizations to to help them. There's a lot to figure out, but um, yeah, it's it's become a big topic with uh, a strong feeling of uh, many people have. That it's like I want to do something. What can I do? And and that's where I'm I'm trying to help. So what 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 can you do? Any examples? To, uh, to, to, to give us an idea of what has been done in the past uh, several years, maybe by, by small organizations, maybe by A-list artists in any area of the music industry? So, I mean, it, first you have to start with who you are. So um, if you're an artist, your situation is really differently from running a festival. So like, it's hard to speak in generalities because the music industry is kind of famously, 
it's multiple industries together and we refer to that as the music industry. So there's a travel aspect, like one, do you need to travel as much as you do? And if so, are there more carbon friendly ways to do so? And if, if not, but even if so, can you offset the, the carbon related to that? It was uh, AIM in the UK, they, they launched, what is it called? The, I think it's called Clean Energy Initiative. I might be getting that wrong. They launched, um, oh, sorry, the Creative Energy Project, it's called. So AIM is the UK Association for Independent Music, and they encourage their members to switch to renewable energy. So like even if, if you have an office, if you're a music company, a really easy thing you can do is just switching to renewable energy. Just check the energy bills. Are we already like signed, signed up to something renewable? If not, just make the switch. It's really easy. For festivals, it's like, uh, and events, it's more challenging. There's like a lot of energy use in events. And how, <clears throat> how do you manage that? How do you make that more efficient? How do you, so first, like, how do you reduce uh, the amount of energy you use and then that makes it also easier to switch to renewables like on site. But also, how do you get your audience to your to your festival? Can you provide transportation so, so that people don't have to come to the festival by car, but they can take a bus from somewhere? Things like that, because that actually saves uh, quite a lot. Merchandise is a, is a topic. So there's there's a lot. And I think it all starts for everyone, maybe as an individual, but also as perhaps an organization to kind of make an inventory. Like, where do I think I'm causing like the largest impact and then from there figure out ways to decrease that impact like kind of like a sustainability charter or something like that yeah yeah no the, the, this, this is cool i think it's really important to understand it from uh, the perspective of uh, different players uh, and the festivals uh, and uh, and the merchandise companies and so on but uh, if uh, I know that most of our listeners are musicians uh, and you have uh, on Music X Green uh, some uh, guides and practical tips you're linking to um, for uh, touring specifically for anyone who is a performing artist. Uh, there is quite a few very specific ideas on how to make uh, performing and touring more sustainable. Any specific ideas or tips you, you've read from others um, that you found really cool? I just continue to ask you about very uh, tactical things, but maybe there will be just one example that will inspire someone listening to us to, you know, go out and find out more. Yeah, no, of course, like, I think, um, I think an interesting aspect of, uh, of touring, for instance, is imagining, like, what, what if we do it by train? Now, that's, like, way easier for uh, for some bands and others or for like especially for djs it's typically easier because you have like less gear but like what does that mean because it, it just adds so much time to get from one place to the other so actually producing a tour like planning it becomes different when you account for more travel time like but one of some of the more interesting things that i hadn't really thought of myself when i uh, when i came across these kind of greener there's like a green touring guide there's there's various resources, uh, also like local resources, like the Norwegian Music Norway. They put out a guide for like in Norwegian for for musicians to plan a greener tour. But there's also English ones. Um, but they also talk about like waste on the road. So if you're traveling, you're eating out of plastic a lot, like these kind of like these uh, sandwiches from like a plastic box and stuff like that. And it's like how can you like there you can make impacts and reduce uh, your like waste footprint. Then there's two organizations. Uh, one is called a Greener Festival, and and uh, as well as uh, Julie's Bicycle. They both 
released resources for green riders. So if you're performing somewhere and you have like, I don't know, like, like a backstage to explicitly put on your rider, like, please don't turn the lights on before I'm there. Don't turn like the, the air conditioning on uh, until like 30 minutes beforehand. Don't put like this and this and this types of uh, food there because we're just going to throw it away. Like, like there, there's a lot of waste around uh, events and like artist accommodation. So like even there, you can specify like, don't bother with those things. I, I just want a bottle of water and that's it. And preferably tap water. So those, those things have been really interesting because they're really creative and they're, they're aspects that I hadn't really considered. And it's really easy. Like you, there's, these are literally templates. You can download them and you can adjust them if you want or not. And, and just tell your uh, like agency, like here, here's my new, here's my updated writer. Make sure to send this to everyone uh, when I get books. So one of the uh, things that we, um, the whole world essentially unintentionally uh, got better at is uh, uh, streaming music digitally. And this is something that you mentioned uh, uh, in, in one of your recent articles. Uh, so this is quite cool if, if you think about it. Can, can you mention some, some of the stats on, on the impacts uh, the CD production has had on uh, the environment? Oh, not by heart. I think I do know like uh, there was a study, I don't know, maybe it's 10 years ago or so, where they were looking at the greenhouse emissions related to this depackaging. And so you have like these plastic jewel cases around CDs. By the way, CDs are still sold more than vinyl, like way more uh, if you look at the global uh, industry. So like the CD boxes, if there are these plastic jewel cases, you can save up to like 95% of the packaging emissions by switching to like these kind of cardboards, sleeves for CDs. So that's one thing. But like the other aspect, and that's kind of uh, worrying, I guess, is indeed the, the emissions related to music streaming. So you would imagine that since we don't have these physical goods that need to be shipped around the world with trucks and planes and ships, uh, you would imagine that this is way more uh, efficient. However, every time you want to listen to music, it's it's like your computer, or your device that is having some activity, speaking through devices like like antennas and stuff, uh, connecting you to the internet, over in the end to kind of data centers to stream that media to you. So there's a lot of energy use around uh, music streaming and. I actually have the, like the kilogram, the, the the kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions statistic in front of me, but like I don't think it tells people much if I say like it's 350 million kilograms in the U.S. alone. So unfortunately, I like, can't really easily make a good comparison there. However, music right now, the carbon footprint is higher because of streaming, which is something we need to solve. And like one way to solve that is to switch data centers to like renewables. But a data center is a, is a difficult thing. So you have like all these machines, all these servers that are streaming the music and hosting music. And these machines are on all the time and they generate a lot of heat. So a lot of the power that these uh, data centers consume goes into cooling, cooling the rooms. And they're, they, uh, that's just way better for the machines. It makes the machines last longer. But that costs quite a lot of, well, money, but also uh, energy. And that's unfortunate. That's something we need to solve. And uh, that's a really innovative problem too. Like if you think about it, like how, how would that work? If your device uses smarter caching, so like 
kind of saving, downloading music to your device that you're likely to listen to multiple times. It would use a little bit more space on your device, but it would mean that it would run just from your device uh, rather than having to stream from another place. Now, Spotify doing that might not make that much of an impact, but like if a, if a YouTube or something like that could do it, which, uh, which is heavier to stream because it also includes video, it might have quite a big impact also because their audience is larger than, uh, than Spotify. But like these are difficult technical problems to solve, and there's a lot of considerations, including ideally as an app, you take as little space on a user's phone as possible. These are some difficult issues to solve for sure, and uh, it's just the scope of, uh, of the problem of the problems is, is massive. So I think it all starts with education. What you are sharing with us right now is really important because uh, I bet so many people have no idea what kinds of environmental impacts uh, streaming music may have, just what you just explained. Uh, so understanding it is really important, and uh, this is the start as with uh, any change, I guess, even for we don't have too much time for the planet to be slow with implementing the changes, I guess. But yeah, once again, what you do here is really important. And I'm linking to everything you've been mentioning. So anyone interested in actually reading the studies and looking into the numbers can do that anytime. And uh, Music is Green is a, a great resource on, on its own. Kind of stepping back and, uh, and asking you about artists again, what artists or bands you would highlight as uh, some of the most impactful in spreading the knowledge about sustainability in music? I'll start with like a provocative one. So there's this uh, there's a person who gets a lot of slack. Am I using that phrase right? Maybe I'll word it differently. So her name is Peggy Gu. She's like this this figure in like electronic dance music. And uh, I think a lot of people, well, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about her, but like she's kind of seen like an influencer rather than a real like artist or musician or something like that. And I don't know what aspect of that is true. I think she was one of the artists who recently performed at this uh, festival in Saudi Arabia, which people have rightly been really critical about because Saudi Arabia is trying to make itself look better to the world while like really, really horrible things happen there still. And using these influencers to do that, and like, she was one of the people there. And then, like a few weeks uh, later, she was, I think, in Indonesia. Uh, I'm not sure where, like cleaning beaches. And people thought it was really disingenuous that she did this kind of photo op of like, "Look, I'm cleaning the beach." And actually, I think, and maybe even if her heart is not really there, but it's just kind of you know hijacking the the momentum around this topic of like sustainability. And I, I don't want to speculate about that, but even if that's the case, even if it's the case of what people accuse her of, great, like let's no, let's normalize picking up trash. Let's see big stars picking up trash from the beach and not like, ooh, it's dirty. But like actually, it's something we need to do, and we need way more pictures of way more people. And it doesn't matter if they do it all the time or not. We just want to make it normal. It has to look normal. So kind of. Inadvertently, I actually think this person has a lot of impact, even if what people say is true, that that's, it's kind of more for show. Now, uh, one that, that definitely all listeners will know is Massive Attack. So they like, similar to Coldplay, they don't want to, uh, I think they don't want to tour anymore. They want to figure out how to tour in a, in a cleaner way. Um, that's a luxury you have if you're like a big artist like that, so that you can like t take time off and, and, and try to figure that out. So they started giving their data to uh, 
a university to some academics, I forgot which university, so that they can study like what is the impact of, of, a, of an actual tour and a big tour. But also they, they decided to uh, this year to tour Europe by train. And I think that's just a really prominent example. But mostly, I think the question to ask is not necessarily like how to make music greener or like how, how these artists are making music greener. It's definitely a conversation we need to have as an industry. But I think the more interesting things that are happening is people figuring out like how do I m- make like my immediate environment that I care about, how do I make that better? How like reducing your carbon footprint is not reducing the music industry's carbon footprint. I guess it is. But like the goal is actually to reduce the world's carbon footprint and to make our environment better. So if it's like, if you want to make music greener, get plastic out of the ocean. Like I think by framing it, like making music greener, it kind of limits your thinking, but it's actually just in general, like what can you, what can you do? So like if you're looking to collaborate with organizations, don't just look inside of music. Definitely look at all the NGOs that are doing really, really great music that have sometimes no connection to music at all. Uh, but they could definitely use creatives who are willing to put their voice behind it and their appearance or whatever they produce to bring more attention to it. That's always really useful. Brilliant. Yeah. I can't even add more. I, I was going to ask you for some kind of a call to action to wrap it up, but you you you, you just did that and nailed it. And uh, I, I think this is uh, a great uh, start and something that we all can do uh, and it doesn't matter if uh, uh, someone listening to us is uh, a performing artist or an artist at all we just can have uh, and can make uh, an impact right away but um, still the conversation within the context of music is really interesting we are looking forward to uh, all the discoveries you share with us on music x green Feel free to spell out the uh, website for anyone on the go uh, so they can check it out right away. And if you've got any call to actions about using the website. All right. So like that's music X screen. So uh, X like, um, I don't know, X marks the spot, com. So on music X screen, you can, it's a directory. You can find like all these things that I've been talking about. Literally like they're all there. I have it open in front of me and occasionally it was kind of causing from there. But what you can also do is you can submit stuff. So if you find things or if you're doing something that, that I don't know about, um, like interesting case studies that might be interesting for, for other people, if they, by all means, we should be copying each other if we find stuff that works. There's a submission button and you can submit these projects and we can build like a really complete and extensive database of all the things that are happening. And by sharing knowledge, we can learn faster. I'm pretty sure perhaps in uh, some of your other uh, podcasts, Andrew, you may have emphasized like the more data you have, like the, the better decisions you can make. So like, let's get that data and information and inspiration all in one place. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I'm linking to everything once again, so anyone can also find the links uh, to some of the specific articles, resources, uh, PDFs you mentioned in the show notes, but it's all at Music X Green and uh, Music X Future, of course, uh, and uh, encourage anyone to uh, subscribe I encourage everyone to subscribe to the newsletter of yours as well. It's, uh, it's, it's great. So thank you. Thank you a lot for sharing uh, these uh, insights with us. It may seem so obvious and something that you've been working and dealing with for quite some time, but I'm pretty sure a lot of what you shared was new to um, 
to many listeners of ours. So thank you for that, and thanks for the great work you do for of us all with spreading the knowledge. Yeah, so keep it up. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening. I hope you find it useful uh, and interesting. Once again, go to dotedmusic.com for the show notes to this episode, to all the things we uh, in bars talked about. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to also use this opportunity to thank all of my patrons. I really appreciate uh, you continuing to support uh, me and my work and uh, this show on patreon.com forward slash Andrew Rapana for anyone who still wants to uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, agency-wise, just so you know, anyone uh, interested in seeing how to use this opportunity, uh, which I treat as an opportunity to grow your brands online when you cannot tour, for example, um, reach out to us at agency.datamusic.com. Uh, Fortunately, we've been uh, working remotely for over eight years now, so in no way our operations have been affected. Uh, so yeah, just letting you know that if you even simply have a question, Just reach out and let us know what you've been up to and uh, what kind of challenges you may be experiencing right now. And yeah, go and follow Bas. Definitely subscribe to his Music Corona newsletter as well. And I hope that you find his uh, insights useful. Thank you a lot for being with us and listening to the show. Until next week. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.